So we have been reading some of the essential stories of Scripture. We started with the creation story a few weeks back in the beginning of September, uh, and today we're reading the story of the prophets. And the prophets run into one big problem, and that is that we misunderstand what it means to be a prophet. Right? So, so if you were asked, what does a prophet do? You might say something like what? Proclaim. Okay, the prophet proclaims. They do that. What else? Teach. Oh, come on. Nobody says prophets tell the future? Ah, Carol did. All right. Right? Like, that's primarily how we think of prophecy, right? We think of Nostradamus sitting down 800 years ago and writing out, this is what's going to happen in the future. Right? That is 100% not what prophets do. In fact, it's more or less the opposite of what the prophets do in Scripture. The prophets in Scripture, their job over and over and over again is one thing. Their job is to tell the truth about the world as it is right now. To tell the truth about the world as it is right now now. You see, we often like to deceive ourselves about how the world is right now, about our own behavior, about the things that we do, that, you know, I'm basically a good person, and the good I do outweigh the bad, and the prophets say, yeah, right. If you ever think you're basically a good person, go read the prophets. Read Jeremiah. It'll bring you down real quick. Now, in particular, the prophets always punch up. That is, the prophets' words in particular are to people who are higher on the social power, authority, whatever, monetary level than everybody else. So you start with this wonderful story of the prophet Nathan that we read. So the king of Israel, right? Think of, of, of old Mel Brooks movies, right? It's good to be the king. The king of Israel, David, is doing what kings do. He's taking advantage of the power of his situation. And who's going to tell the king that the king is wrong? Like, what happens to people who tell the king that the king is wrong? They die. Right? Off with their heads. Like, you do not live long telling people in power that they are wrong. It's still that way today. Right? Like people who have authority, people who have money, are often surrounded with people who tell them how right they are. And so along comes Nathan, and Nathan tells this wonderful story about a man who had flocks and flocks of sheep, but when a visitor comes to show hospitality, instead of using one of his own, he takes one from someone who only has one sheep and kills it to feed his visitor. And of course, Nathan or David is upset because... Well, stealing is wrong, and, 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 and you shouldn't take something that belongs to another person, says the guy who just took someone else's wife. And Nathan is the one who comes forward to David and on behalf of God says, you are that man. You are that man. Notice, again, it is not to the general people of Israel. It's not to the farmers out in the field. It is not to the shepherds out with their sheep that Nathan goes, but to the king. 
to the one who has power and authority and says this is what's really happening in the world. And this plays out again and again and again in the prophets. Because what do people who have power usually want? More power. People who have wealth want more wealth. People who have power and authority want more power and authority. This is always the way that human nature works. And when we, friends, want more, it always comes at the expense of someone else. And the prophets show up and they say, I don't care how often you come to worship on Sunday mornings. I don't care how much you give to your church. I don't care how many Bible verses you can quote. What I care is how you treat the person who can do nothing for you. What I care about is how you treat the person who can do nothing for you. Amos has this wonderful passage that Lerna read for us, and it begins with God saying through, her, through Amos, I hate. How often do you hear it say God say hate in the Bible? It is not often. I hate, I despise your religious festivals, your outward shows of faithfulness. Why? Because there is no justice. There is no right treating of the people who can do nothing for us, says Amos. And therefore, let justice flow. Right? Let righteousness rain down like an ever-flowing stream. Have you heard that bit of scripture before from Amos? Let justice roll like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Anybody? I have a dream. It's from Dr. King's speech. Because if the prophets are people who punch up, at those in power and authority. Guess who loves the prophets? People with no power and authority. And throughout history, the prophets have been turned to again and again by those who have been oppressed and persecuted. I think it says something about our society that very few of us know very much about the prophets because the prophets make us wildly uncomfortable. Because the prophets say... Nothing else matters as much as whether or not you are loving your neighbor. Nothing. At every chance you get. Over and over and over again. And so when Jesus comes along... And he asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? And their very first answer is, well, some people say that you're one of the prophets. Why? Because you showed up and you said, none of that external stuff matters. What matters is whether or not you are loving your neighbor, in particular the neighbor who can do nothing for you. Let justice roll like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. The call of the prophets is a wake-up call to all of us. 
and uncomfortable. Like, reading the prophets ought to make you antsy. It's the sort of thing that, like, you start reading it and then you think, you know, I'm going to jump to the Gospels now. But it's where we need to be. Because when Jesus preaches, he doesn't actually preach very much from the book of Exodus or the book of Deuteronomy. He preaches again and again and again from the prophets. And when asked what the greatest commandment is, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. He says, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. It's an uncomfortable message for those of us who are first in lots of ways. But if we are to be people who follow Jesus, if we are to be people of faith, we are to be people who answer the prophet's call and love those most who can do least for us. 